passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast. Of course, our YouTube page, 94WIP. Check it out there. Subscribe. Ton of great content. Between the podcast we do, myself and Tucker Bagley, and of course, all our podcasts at WIP are often live or recorded on YouTube, plus segments, openings from the shows on WIP, morning show, midday show, afternoon show. Check it all out, the WIP YouTube page. So I wanted to get into today some thoughts, some theories, some ideas on how to fix the Eagles' Offense, And I know you might be saying, like, the offense, it's the defense they got to fix. Well, I, I don't have any ideas for defense. I, I, I don't know if there are any ideas. I don't know if there's anything really at this point Sean Desai can do. I'd blitz a little bit less because I don't think they've been, been very effective blitzing. But the reality is uh, he doesn't have the players in the back end. He doesn't have the players in the back seven to, to run an effective defense against really good quarterbacks and even above average quarterbacks. So I think we're at a point where the offense is going to have to carry the day and this team will go as far as the offense will take them. And the offense right now is choppy. You know, we went over some of the numbers yesterday as you hear the sirens in the background. I think you can hear those sirens in the background as I make my way to WIP today. And those sirens, obviously, hopefully the person in need is going to be okay. But the sirens also could be a kind of a metaphor for what's going on with this offense because although it look, may look okay, and we went over some of the numbers yesterday, it has been generally, generally okay. I mean, their offense is sixth in yards per play, or points per game, 11th in yards per play, third and third down conversion percentage, sixth in points per play, 10th in red zone touchdown percentage, 11th 
in first half points per game. Sack percentage, 21st. That's not very good. But in general, the offense isn't abysmal. But they are scuffling. They're scuffling early in games, helping to contribute to the holes the Eagles get themselves in. So they need to reimagine something here. It looks stale. It doesn't look like they have... It, it, here's the best way I'll put it. Emmanuel Acho yesterday, um, first, uh, speak for yourself, I believe, this show he, he does over at Fox Sports 1. Emmanuel is interesting. Yeah, obviously former player, and he's very um, outspoken, articulate. I think there's some stuff he really does that make him unique in the um, in the sports media industries. You know, ex-football players that talk about football. I think he's a unique kind of talker. I don't agree with everything he says, but I, I, I think he's interesting. And one thing he broke down yesterday was how the the Eagles need to find a way to counter the counter because it is quite obvious now watching the way the Cowboys rush the quarterback that they did listen to Nick Bosa and they took the blueprint. So the blueprint is now out and it's now at a crossroads period for the Eagles, Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts to adjust back to what is happening to them and how defense are playing them. So I've got, you know, I've got five ideas here for the Eagles and we'll go over some of the the numbers and, and where the Eagles rank and, and how bad things have been, especially on first down. First down has been really killing the Eagles and putting them in, in disadvantageous situations for second down, for third down. It's made everything harder. Everything's hard this year for the Eagles offense. Last year, everything felt so easy. And we've been trying to figure out for, for weeks and weeks how we get back to it being maybe maybe not as hard. But it's hard right now for the Eagles offense to move the football. So here are some theories. And I'll start with number one. I threw this out yesterday in the midday show. I would bring in Frank Reich as an extra pair of eyes, an extra offensive mind in the building, similar to what they did last year with Vic Fangio. And I understand he's been fired from two spots, but I'm not hiring Frank Reich as a head coach. I don't care that Frank Reich is not a very good head coach. I, this, this is not germane to me. You know, the idea is, and this has happened across the NFL for, for decades, it will go on forever, that there are many head coaches who fail but they are, their expertise on some whatever side of the ball that's where they came from can still help teams down the line in a, in a lesser role. I mean, look at Vance Joseph right now with the Broncos. I mean, he literally got fired as the Broncos head coach because he was in over his head as a head coach, and he's helped revive their defense through this season as a coordinator next to Sean Payton, who's clearly the superior head coach to Vance Joseph. I can go to Wade Phillips. I go to Jim Schwartz. We can do this all day. And on the offensive side of the football, there's a lot of these kind of senior offensive assistants. Mike McCoy, Ken Wisenhunt have been these kind of guys. And those are the names that Nick Sirianni kind of grew up around with the San Diego Chargers. You see this all the time. Marty Morningweg. I think about Marty. You know, you want to go to, hey, what, what, what could Frank Reich's future be? Marty Morningweg was a, was a joke as a head coach with the Detroit Lions. And then look what he became for Andy Reid as kind of a, a confidant, another pair of eyes in the offensive room. And that's what I view Frank Reich as. I'm not taking away Brian Johnson's play calling. I'm not firing Brian Johnson. But get Frank Reich in here. He's an eagle. He helped this team win a championship, a Super Bowl championship. And maybe because he helped teach Sirianni offense, that he was the head coach, that Sirianni was the coordinator, maybe he can see something we can't. Sometimes there, there are people like, I'm going to use a weird analogy. You know, if you ever learned a recipe from someone, okay, and you're cooking, and you taste, you're like, ah, it's, it's good. I, I think I did a good job. And then the person who taught you the recipe comes in like, mm, you need a little bit more of this. And they're probably, they have a unique perspective. They can pick up on that little thing you miss. Maybe touch more salt. 
you know, touch more oregano, whatever it is, a little, little, little cumin if we're, we're doing something with a little kick to it, whatever. And, and they, they sense it. They say, throw a little bit more of that in and you're golden. And that, might, you know, it could be as simple as that. It could be that Sirianni's not seeing where he's going wrong in terms of sequencing, in terms of setting things up, in terms of the short game, whatever. Get Frank Reich in here. I think it could help the Eagles and get this offense back on track. The second thing that stands out to me is something that could help the Eagles offense is they got to take the easy ones. Dan Orlovsky, ESPN, put up a really interesting breakdown yesterday of the Eagles on first down, specifically, specifically Jalen Hurts on first down and what he is not doing right now, where he is, where he's really faltering right now, and that is trying to take the big play on first down instead of taking the easy play on first down or even third down. But but generally, th- there's been plays this year, a lot you saw in the San Francisco game, and you saw some last week, where he's taking the shot play down the field instead of taking the easy one. You know, Tom Brady, for 20 years, took the easy one. I say this all the time. I said it during the Carson Wentz era. I'll say it again right now. You, can't, you cannot find a Tom Brady highlight throw. You just can't. I mean, it's because it's the same throw over and over and over and over and again for 20 years. There's no whirl around, run around, you know, point someone, throw it down the field. He never did that because he took the gimme. And if you take the gimme, 8, 10, 9, 11, and 7, 6, 5, whatever the number is of the yardage you throw in the football, and then you throw it accurately on time and in rhythm, you'll give your, your receiver a chance a lot of times to add 3, 4, 5, 6 yards on, on average to a yard after catch. And all of a sudden, your numbers at the end of the day look just like the guys that are bombing it down the field. That's what Tom Brady did. There, there are plays to be made, simple ones. Take the gimmies while they figure everything else out. I think it's become an issue for this offense, and Jalen Hurts is not doing enough of that. Not enough as the weeks have gone on. That's number two. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Number three, I think they need to incorporate, and I was talking to Tucker about this last night a little bit. Uh, I'm sure next time we, we do a video pod, he'll, he'll mention it as well. You know, the slants, West Coast concepts, simple stuff. They are really a a high-level team when it comes to throwing slants. I think Jalen throws the slant really well because he throws a very catchable football. A.J. Brown, with his body control, his size, his strength, you know, Anquan Boldenish is as difficult to stop on a slant, I think, as anyone in the NFL because he He's fast enough to make the cut and get in front of you. And if you want to try to body through him, well, he's too big. It's like boxing out. And you've seen it. And we saw it against the 49ers. The slant route really works for the Eagles. They're getting really high success rate off the slant route. They just don't throw it enough. You know, again, a lot of these concepts they're trying, it's down the field, down the field. You know, a little motion and a flat route where Devontae could catch the ball and turn up the field before he gets rocked, that could work. You know, Devontae Smith is a really skilled wide receiver, and it feels like they don't – the only time they're asking him to use that skill is down the field where he's doing like a, a double or triple move, like a, a corner post, and he's coming back to the middle or post corner and go back to the corner. Those are slow developing routes take a long time. And then all of a sudden the quarterback's either bailing or he's running out of the pocket, and you never get to see the, the fruits of the labor there really take hold. So that, that is something that they could change. You know, some more short, simple routes, especially, especially when they feel blitz. There's just, there's still no answers to this, to the, to the blitz. I mean, the Cowboys, you saw that the play a couple nights ago in Dallas where the Eagles had the fourth and nine 
I think it was fourth and nine, uh, or maybe fourth and seven or fourth and nine, and they throw to Devontae on the crosser. That's the blitz beater seven yards in front of the sticks, and you're, you're basically forcing Devontae Smith to try to, you know, make a man miss to have a shot at a first down. Nothing past the marks, nothing quick. It really was a disheartening kind of fourth down play because it told me they didn't have they didn't have the answers. They didn't have the correct answers to this test here. So I really think that is something they could do a lot better is have answers to the blitz, get the ball to Jalen Hurts' hands quicker, and, and it very simple to find, to find plays. You know, I, I think sometimes it's like this stubborn thing where like we don't have to do it like they do it. We're going to do it our way. Well, no, take something. Take something from the from the offenses that are working. Dak Prescott gets the ball at one, two, boom. It was, it was really eye-opening watching the Cowboys on Sunday night against the Eagles because they kept talking about how Dak has learned to the point where it's one, two, boom. Get it out or run. Get it out or scramble. And the Eagles aren't doing that as much. They have the weapons. They have a talented quarterback. It shouldn't be this hard to, number one, beat the blitz. Number two, get the ball out of their hands. It, it should not. It really should not be this hard to do that. All right, the next thing that hits me as we've gone through these, Frank Reich, take the easy one, some more slants, West Coast concepts. I'm going to throw this one in. Uh, they need to use DeAndre Swift more in the passing game. It's, you know, and this may, as we go through the years, it may end up being a Jalen Hurts problem that he's not comfortable throwing the football to running backs. But I have to imagine he could figure this out. I have to imagine he could. Carson Wentz was an accurate quarterback, and he was, he, you know, they, they got the ball to running backs early in his career in the screen game because Doug Peterson prioritized it. He prioritized, I think, back to the end of the 2019 season when they went from 5 and 7 to 9 and 7 and won the division, and how many of those yards, how many of those completions, how many of those, you know, drives were, were spearheaded by, you know, plays and, you know, screen passes to the running back. That's when Boston Scott became a thing. I mean, they really found a way to move the football without wide receivers that season. And and Doug Peterson got a lot of credit. Now, they have brilliant wide receivers right now and an outstanding tight end who just came back from, from an injury. But DeAndre Swift was acquired for a reason. And it wasn't to be a bell cow running back through the tackle. Let's be real about it. He was acquired to be a weapon. And I think as a runner, when you look in totality, Swift's given them what you couldn't. You can't ask for more. It's like four point seven yards a carry. He said four or five really big games. Other ones are fine. I mean, this is who DeAndre Swift is. But what he hasn't given enough of is explosion in the passing game. Now Hertz has missed him a couple times. I think of the game against Washington earlier this year. Wheel route up the sideline. Boom, 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 boom. Hertz misses him. So there's been some shots there that you know could end up being seventy yard passes. But they got to come back to that. There is a weapon here that is being underutilized in the passing game. And again, that's the kind of play where it goes from, you know, second and nine to boom, first down. And it feels like you don't even have to do anything, like not light lifting. And you get a first down because you dump it off to him or you screen it to him and he makes a big play. They got to get DeAndre Swift involved more here in in the pass game because he's just he's, he's too good at, at, at being a receiving back to not. And my last thing is, and I know this goes against what the Eagles do, it goes against the numbers, but they got to think about this because at some point, you know, hitting your head against the wall over and over again and pretend it's not going to hurt, it's silly, okay? And it's silly right now, the, the concept of how the Eagles are playing with this defense. If if they win the toss on Monday night against Seattle, I'm taking the football. If they win the toss against Dallas in the playoffs, I'm taking the football. If they win the toss against Seattle in the playoffs, I'm taking the football. If they want to kick against the Falcons in the first round, cool. 
you know, kick it, stop him, get the ball back, and, and create maybe the extra possession down the line. But the reality is they're going down in every game. They're going down in every game because their defense is very good. They're, they're in a hole. And if they could figure out something on offense, they feel like they have a good plan. Take the ball first, go down, and get a lead. 106 to 50. 106 to 50 has been the score at halftime last six weeks. They haven't had a lead at halftime since the Phillies were alive in the playoffs. I mean, think about that for a second. It's been a long time. It's Christmas in a week or so. They got to get a lead in one of these games. And here's what's ruining this well, you know, we'll win the four minute thing uh, in front of the half, behind the half. You know, we'll get the ball after halftime. We'll double up. They've given up the most points in the NFL in the last two minutes of a half. Okay, so th- this whole idea they're trying to do, it's, it's being destroyed because their defense isn't good enough right now. So I think you, you take the ball first, create a plan, swift, slants, you know, quick routes. Jalen gets the ball out of his hands quicker. Maybe a scoring drive starts us off. And then, boom, you get yourself an opportunity to get a lead early. Then you put your defense out there. I really do think it could change a lot a lot of stuff going on with this with this Eagles team. They need a lead because, as we've seen the last two weeks, trying to come from behind against good teams is a fool's errand week in and week out. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, and following WIP Daily. My thoughts, my ideas, my theories, my uh, you know my manifesto to fix the Eagles' offense. Appreciate you listening. We'll talk soon on WIP Daily.